Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the Hot Rod Farmer. And I want to thank you so much for spending the next half hour with me. And as you know, we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with a re-air and encore of the same episode Sunday at 6 p.m. And if you ever want to go back and listen again, or if you miss it, because other things are happening in your life, which that is certainly understandable, you could always go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com. Excuse me. Or go to any major podcast hosting site, and that episode will air one week after it plays on Raw Radio Series XM Channel 147. So I want to just give you a little bit of heads up on what's going on over here. I do have a a podcast called On the Road. And on that show, I feature those individuals that are passionate about. They got to have passion. They don't have to be famous. Some people are pretty well known. Some people are not. But they have to be have passion about either, as I say, farming or firing orders. So farming or machinery. and, And lots of them are passionate about both. And just this last week, a new episode of the On the Road show dropped, and that is On the Road to Justin Forsier. And that's a very interesting and inspiring story. So if you get a chance to listen to it, uh, Justin has an agricultural background, uh, uh, dirt on grease under your fingernails background, and farm dirt and uh, grease, engine grease on it. And he actually put himself through school driving a safety clean tanker and became a very successful attorney. So you have an attorney with a CDL license that knows how to farm and drive a tractor and do those other things. And it is a uh, very inspiring story. So if you get a chance, you could go over to my website or any podcast hosting site and check out On the Road to Justin Forsier. I think it will be a great episode for you to use to inspire not only yourself, but somebody that you may know. And is in the in America, the opportunities are endless. If you want to work and you want to work hard and put your nose to the metaphorical old grind grinding stone, right? You don't hear that anymore. Put your nose to the grinding stone. All right. They don't you don't you don't hear that. People don't want to do anything anymore, most of them. But anyway, you know, when I was a kid, I make no bones about it, but we grew up poor. Well, and, well I, I don't want to say poor. We weren't on welfare or something. I mean, uh, but we never had the luxuries or the new things. Everything we always had was used. I mean, our clothes were all new, but they were never, you know, they were never the, uh, the stylish clothes or what have you. They were always practical. My mother used to buy my pants, two or three sizes, too large, and she would shorten them. She would never cut them. She would hem them up, and she would take in the waist, and I would be have to take good care of them. I'd wear them for years. And then what had happened was that, uh, you know, you're a little kid. You just take everything for granted, right? And you're happy, right? Like the John Denver song, Matthew, where he sings, gold is just a windy Kansas wheat field, and blue is just a Kansas summer sky, right? So you don't look for these material things you're happy to be loved and to have a farm and to uh, and to have good food and all you want to eat and your animals and uh, to go out into the woods and the cornfield. And, and so those are your the true joys in life. But for some reason, I don't know why we went to go look for a new tractor. 
which ultimately we did not buy. I mean, I'll tell you that right up front. And when we went to go look for this new tractor, and I, you know, as I was repeating again as a kid, you don't know what, you just follow along wherever your parents went. My dad was very good. He would take me with him every place he went. I was like his shadow, and that gave me a very eclectic and rounded education at a young age. Only not that I was smarter than anyone else, but I was exposed to things that most kids, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old were not exposed to. So for some reason, we ended up in a John dealer, not a John Deere dealer. Now, there was a John Deere dealer in Hackettstown, four or five miles from our farm, and we ended up in South Jersey someplace. I don't know why, but to me, who, I didn't care because it was a road trip, right? We went on the road someplace, saw something new. And we were at the dealership, maybe because my dad knew, in retrospect, maybe because he knew that the John Deere dealer in town was a neighbor down the road, and it used to be the Doncheski family. They have passed away now. Sadly, they were dairy farmers who became a tractor dealer, and they probably probably was embarrassed because he knew he wasn't going to buy anything. So whatever, I don't know. But I remember going there, and the, the salesman was showing us this brand new, beautiful John Deere tractor, and he told us it had forty-five diesel horsepower. He said that's diesel horsepower, right? Talking to my dad. Diesel, it's not gas horsepower, diesel horsepower. And I didn't know what he was talking about. So when we got back in our Oldsmobile to leave and had the brochure with us and much to the chagrin of the salesman, we didn't even uh, look to buy something other than grab a brochure and find out that it's 45 diesel horsepower. I asked my dad, what did the man mean by saying diesel horsepower? Well, he said he did not know. He didn't understand why he said that. So we went back home. We never bought the tractor, but that question lingered in my mind for decades until I got enough engineering education to understand what he was talking about when he said diesel horsepower, not gasoline horsepower, diesel horsepower. So that is going to be the topic of today's show right as soon as we come back from a quick sponsor break and never forget agriculture runs on machinery but profits on reliability out front tonight the breaking news stay informed and engaged with the stories that shape our world with the Sirius XM News Channel. Border Patrol and ICE have had to limit the... From cable news to business. And so the markets need to be prepared for that and the volatility and for that. And international. The strength of values. It's the strength of real freedom. The Sirius XM News Channels, starting at Channel 112 and on the Sirius XM app. Hi, I'm Bob Phillips. And I'm Kelly Phillips. And we've been lucky enough to have spent more than 50 years winding up and down the back roads of Texas. It's been an incredible journey. And from the hidden gems to the passionate people, we've seen it all and don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So why don't you hop in and travel with us every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Rural Radio. Channel 147, exclusively on Sirius XM. The Market Day Report is live every weekday morning, bringing you in-depth coverage of the latest in agriculture news and interviews with rural leaders and executives in the industry. You named RFD TV the number one source for market and commodities information as it happens because we bring you the headlines, analysis, and weather updates that matter to farmers and ranchers across the country. So join us for five hours of the Market Day Report. That's weekdays starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 Central, right here on RFD TV.
The call is coming to Rural Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon. Join us on Rural Radio Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights at 11 Eastern as we dig deeper into the world of Western sports. Pro rodeo, cutting, reining, roping, bull riding. We'll even spend some time with our Cowboy Channel personalities. The call with Steve Kenyon. Weekends, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Get the complete schedule at RuralRadio147.com. Hello and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road. And we're going to be discussing diesel horsepower. And, you know, that's one thing that I have to say, well, I shouldn't say one thing, one of the many things that I've been blessed with in my life. Not only did I have a family that exposed me and showed me a lot of different things, uh, that, as I said in the opening segment, that most children my age did not get exposed to, but I always had an inquisitive mind, and when I would see something and I did not understand it, it would actually haunt me for years. I mean, for years it would haunt me because I had to find out the answer and why I didn't understand it. And that's what happened when we went to this John Deere dealer about 60, 70, 80 miles away. And the salesman said, 45 diesel horsepower. So I am going to ask you, do you know what it means by 45 diesel horsepower? And is 45 diesel horsepower different than 45 gasoline horsepower? And you're probably saying hot rod horsepower is horsepower. Well, it is not. And I'm going to explain to you why. The, 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 the metric, the measurement of horsepower, the qualifier of horsepower was actually invented by James Watt. W-A-T-T, and that's the man that we, uh, his name that is applied to the um, the amount of energy a light bulb uses, because it's really not its, its brightness, it's the amount of energy it uses. And in a nutshell, what had happened was that this is probably in the late 1600s, maybe 1700s, I should have confirmed that number, but I think lots of times, even when you look up stuff today, the number is skewed. But anyway, Mr. Watt, W-A-T-T, wanted to sell steam engines. He developed a steam engine with someone, or the lore goes, and he wanted to sell steam engines to farmers and to those uh, that had canal boats, because back in that era, the canal boats were pulled by mules on the on the path along the canal. So he wanted to sell these steam engines, and he went out and started to cold call, right, Come down, you know, come down the farm lane, right? The the farm gate, as they say today. The salesman coming in through the farm gate, right? Oh, we all cringe when that happens. Somebody's always here trying to sell you something. No disrespect to those who try who sell things, but they always come when it's convenient for them, not when it's convenient for you. So anyway, so it didn't take long for Mr. James Watt, probably the first person he went to, the first farmer, who had just practical common sense, because sometimes these really smart guys who develop things don't have common sense. And he said, okay, you could get, and he says, okay, Mr. Watt, how many horses will this replace? And Mr. Watt scratched his head because he spent all of his time developing this engine and he never and he knew it could replace horses but it was a very practical question that was asked to him so he went back home 
and he came up with a mathematical equation. Probably took him quite some time. He studied draft horses and work horses and what have you, and came up with a mathematical equation to to identify how much horsepower one of his steam engines have, which in turn is the same equation that we use for a gasoline or a diesel engine. It's different for an electric motor, because remember, an engine has has combustion, a motor does not, and uh, that equation does not apply to an electric motor, but it applies to any internal combustion engine. Gasoline, diesel, natural gas makes no difference. Propane. So he came up with this equation, and what has to first be recognized is that an engine creates torque, T-O-R-Q-U-E. And in simplistic terms, torque is the amount of work that the engine can perform. And horsepower, as we start to get into Mr. Watt's equation in the next minute or two, determines how quickly that work could be done. Because really, in all honesty, everything is an average because no two people have the same strength. No two horses have the same strength, right? So Mr. Watt had to just come up with a common denominator and this mathematical equation. Now, interestingly enough, now this did not exist when Mr. Watt came up with his equation, but an engine dynamometer, whether I should say a dynamometer, and a dynamometer is used to test power on an engine. Excuse me, and there's a, there's there's wheel dynamometers that are used quite quite often in the automobile industry there's engine dynamometers where the engine is out of the vehicle or the tractor and is mounted on a test stand right to the flywheel and then there is on in agriculture there's pto dynamometers where they measure the horsepower off the pto the horsepower and torque well a dynamometer only measures torque which is the amount of work that the engine could do it does not measure horsepower Horsepower is mathematically calculated, and in a modern dyno, the computer console does it, but years ago when I dynoed my first engine when I was a young man in the automotive engineering field, that you had to do the math yourself. You got a torque reading, and then you did the math. And what the equation basically is that Mr. Watt came up with, which is still in use today, is that horsepower equals torque, times rpm so the rpm that the torque was achieved at and that is divided by 5252 so it's torque times rpm divided by 5252 so that is the equation that's still used hundreds of years later and so what will happen is that if you look at that then horsepower and torque on every engine is equal at 5252 rpm because the numerator and the denominator of the equation are the same and if you remember back to your grade school math when they are both the same it becomes one all right so horsepower equals torque times rpm that it's achieved that in 50 at, divided by 5252 rpm regardless now you may say well the engine can't get the 5000 rpm well that doesn't make any difference all right that's the equation because it, it it's going to be accurate no matter what rpm the engine achieves maybe it's a race engine achieves 10,000 rpm it's still it's still accurate so now mr watt comes back and he figures out this equation and it became the industry standard and everyone uses it and 
as I was saying a minute ago, is that torque is the amount of work the engine could do, and horsepower is how quickly it could be done, how it could be accomplished. So let's say, arguably, if you're going to load seed bags in the back of a pickup truck, and the seed bag is 50 pounds, and you could lift that bag up, all right, then that's your torque. And if you could load one bag into the back of a pickup truck every second, that's your RPM, how quickly you could do it. Now, if the other person can lift the 50-pound bag, but he has to struggle to get it over to the back of the pickup truck, and it takes him two seconds, you both have the same torque because you're both lifting 50 pounds, but you are loading the pickup truck slower. So you have less horsepower. You need RPM, you need crankshaft speed to make horsepower, right? So that's going to be very, very, very important as we start to move forward into what the gen- the salesman was. And, you know, honestly, who knows if the salesman even understood this? Probably was a talking point that John Deere gave him, diesel horsepower, because at that particular point in the smaller tractors, even though the diesels were in the larger tractors, they were starting to transition into from gasoline to diesel horsepower. So a recap before we go to our short break is that horsepower is a mathematical equation based upon how quickly the engine can do work and the amount of work it could do is read as torque, not horsepower. So sit Pat for a few more minutes and we are just going to go to a quick sponsor break and we will be back and we will get to the bottom of this years later. the national finals rodeo with your subscription to cowboy channel plus or tune in starting december 7th on the cowboy channel the official home of pro rodeo bring rural america's most important network with you on rfd tv now Watch from anywhere, at home, on the farm, even while riding your tractor. Stream agricultural news and weather, commodity market reports, along with traditional country music and entertainment for less than $10 a month. Go to WatchRFDTV.com to subscribe to Rural America's Most Important Network. RFDTV Now. The Cowboy Channel Bar and the Cowgirl Channel Speakeasy, located in the historic Fort Worth Stockyards, is the first ever bar dedicated 100% to Western sports. Watch live rodeo on one of the 11 televisions, including the 2023 National Finals Rodeo. Cowboy Channel Bar is your ticket to the best drinks and most iconic rodeos from across the country. Saddle up to the bar seven days a week or head downstairs to the historic Speakeasy on the weekends. Located right under the Fort Worth Stockyard sign, visit the Cowboy Channel Bar today. Like the outdoors, do ya? Hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, cooking, all of it? Well, if it happens outdoors, on the trail, or on the water, we are going to share it with you on The Bend, Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on World Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. This is Josh Mitchum from Jericho Woods. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Alrighty, my friends, welcome back to the show. So we're discussing diesel horsepower. 
Now, to make sense of this, we have an understanding of how horsepower is determined mathematically from torque, but we have to understand the dynamics of a diesel engine compared to a gasoline engine, a spark ignition engine. And the important factor here, the take-home message, is that a diesel engine has operates at a much lower maximum engine speed, crankshaft speed, than a gasoline engine can. So it's very rare for you to have a diesel engine that's going to spin to 4,000, 5,000 RPM, whereas a gasoline engine in almost every application, even like on a lawnmower, spins at 3,600, 3,600 RPM. So why is that important? Because if we think back to Mr. Watt's equation, horsepower equals torque times RPM that it's achieved at divided by 5,252. And as I said in the last segment, you need to have crankshaft speed RPM to make horsepower, all right? But you need cylinder pressure and fill, I didn't say that, to make torque. So by nature of the burn characteristics of diesel fuel diesel fuel burns slower than gasoline or any spark ignition fuel so gasoline or propane natural gas would have you but we'll stick with gasoline so that is what is the the crankshaft limited the limiting the limit the limiting factor is the way for me to say it of the crankshaft speed that is why a diesel engine does not have as much RPM revolutions per minute of the crankshaft because it is like a turtle crossing the road versus a rabbit. The diesel engine fuel burns very slowly, but the way the, the fuel, the, the composition of the fuel, its combustion event, the way it burns slowly, and the way the system keeps injecting fuel, and you have a much higher cylinder pressure, but a lower RPM. All right, so keep that in the back of your mind. So now let's go back to the day we went down in our Oldsmobile to this John Deere dealer. So I guess we could be incognito. And to this day, I still don't know why we went there. But I loved it. Hey, you know, it was, it's an edu- it's ed- it was an education for me in a road trip. Right. And as an aside to that, you know, we had an Oliver Row Crop 70 hard par tricycle, hard par Oliver. Those old enough to know, remember that there was a hard par, was a certain time that they owned Oliver Company. All right, so we had a Row Crop 70 tricycle hard par, and uh, I just had a drawbar in the back, no three-point hitch, no hydraulics, no anything. And so, and it was today what you would say in the car business or the tractor hobby business was a survivor. It had the original paint on it. Um, some, I don't know if it was coming off. It was funny, it had a metal back then used to get like pitted, but the color was still underneath there. So you couldn't wax this tractor if you wanted to. And I remember going over to a neighbor one time and he had a brand new tractor that happened to be John Deere and they were waxing it. And I, and, and, and I dreamt about being able to one day wax a tractor. Well, that day came about 30 years later when I brought my new tractor. But we, we didn't have anything to wax. So we're so excited going to that John Deere dealer because, as I said in the opening segment, you know, we always had everything used. And here was, you know, potentially we're going to have a brand new tractor and I could wax it. And, oh, my God, and, you know, it would be fantastic. So anyway, and so now we're over there and the, the, the salesman is making a note of a reference point that it's diesel horsepower. Now, since a diesel engine RPM is lower, all right, 
and if it would have the same so and it has more cylinder pressure at low rpm but it doesn't have rpm to make horsepower then its torque output is greater and if you remember what we were saying is that torque is the amount of work that the engine can perform so that is why a 45 horsepower diesel engine as he was saying 45 diesel horsepower i forgot what model john deere it was there was a kid all right and if you had the same tractor the same body the same frame with a 45 horsepower gas engine the diesel would out pull the gasoline engine because the amount of torque it produced on the gasoline engine would be less but it would have to have more rpm to make that 45 horsepower so i don't know if that makes sense to you but let me try to make sense to you in the f- remaining few minutes here a diesel engine because if you did the mathematical equation of torque times rpm divided by 5252 since you have less rpm you need to have more torque remember we're measuring we're reading horsepower advertising horsepower so if you look at the mathematical equation so you would need to have substantially more torque at you would need double the torque let's just say arguably instead of burdening you with the actual numbers double the torque to make 40 at 45 to make 45 horsepower all right because you don't have the rpm whereas the gasoline engine doesn't have the torque but has more rpm so it's still getting to the same place of the mathematical equation of 45 horsepower and since we buy horsepower but drive torque we do that with farm tractors we do that with cars we do that with trucks we do that with lawnmowers we buy horsepower but the horsepower is doing nothing it's the torque that is doing the work so if you had two engines with 45 horsepower let's say you had a a a little gasoline engine with 45 horsepower and a diesel with 45 horsepower and the gasoline engine had the 45 horsepower at seven six thousand rpm and the diesel had it at two thousand rpm all right then we would have substantially more torque so what he was basically saying to us in his in his roundabout way to salesman and then again i don't know whether he fully understood it or not but it took me decades of going to school to fully understand what that gentleman told us that day is that you will have a substantially more torque, you'll have more torque, more ability to do work because you do not have the crankshaft speed, the RPM to to create the mathematical number of horsepower. So a 45 horsepower diesel engine will do substantially more work than a 45 horsepower gasoline engine. And I'm not saying, yes, you could play with gearing and stuff like that, which is one to one. So that is what he was trying to tell us. Don't compare the 45 horsepower diesel engine to a 45 horsepower gasoline engine and we all know in practical application on the farm or if we drive a truck or 
uh, drive a semi or whatever that you could say, well, okay, I got a 300 horsepower engine in my diesel and you have a 300 horsepower gasoline engine in another vehicle and it's not going to do the same amount of work, the gasoline engine at 300 horsepower as the diesel would. So many, many years later, I was able to figure that out and, and understand why that man was saying it. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in today and I want you to know what the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you the American farmer and rancher and my beloved, beloved America. So just use that diesel horsepower, baby, or she's going to pull. Have a blessed day. Justin Mills here, rancher and host of the Working Ranch Radio Show, inviting you to join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147. We'll go in-depth on topics that are relevant to the beef industry. Plus, we'll hear from meteorologist Don Day on the long-term weather outlook and the Captain Tim O'Byrne with Working Ranch Magazine will stop in for Tim's Two Cents. So join us on Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern for the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio Channel 147, Sirius XM. This is Sean Haney. Every weekday afternoon, we keep the discussion going on Rural Radio 147, beginning with AgriTalk with Chip Flory at 2 Eastern. Then at 3 Eastern, join Brian and Darren Hefty for Ag PhD Radio, followed by Shark Farmer Radio with Rob Sharkey at 4. Then it's time to get real and get connected with me on Real Ag Radio at 4.30 Eastern. It's a full afternoon of tips and tricks to boost yields and keep you informed starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, weekdays on Rural Radio 147 and the Sirius XM app. What do USDA's latest adjustments to its fall harvested crop production forecast look like for November? The Thursday report from the National Agricultural Statistics Service shows a 1% month-over-month adjusted increase in forecasted corn production. If that holds, that would be a new record for domestic corn production. The rise is fueled by an almost 2 bushel per acre increase in yields from October. Soybean production also rose from the previous month. The 1% increase in November comes in part from a slight increase in bean yield from last month's projections. The all-cotton forecast for this month rose 2% at over 13 million bales. Again, higher adjustments in cotton yield contributed to the production forecast, with USDA reporting a 16-pound yield increase from the previous month. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.